Okay, for the past several months, actually, we've been on the subject of what is the purpose of Christianity. And we've been trying to go looking at what the Bible says Christianity is all about. Why did Jesus come? You know, Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Jesus died on the cross. After three days, Jesus rose again from the dead. He ascended to the right hand of the Father. Those are the, he's come again. Those are the facts of Christianity, but what was their purpose? What was it all about? For most Christians, the only purpose of Christianity is going to heaven when you die. That's what it's all about. We're going to heaven when we die. So we've been looking at the Bible to see what Jesus said his purpose was, to see why Jesus said he came, to see what the Bible says about why Jesus came. What is the purpose of Christianity. So I want to give you, we're getting ready to start a new section, and so I want to give you a little review of where we've been so far. These are the things that I've shown over these past months. These are the things that I've shown you from the Bible that are true about Christianity. We start off with this one, and that is that before Jesus came, Satan was the king of this world. Sometimes the Bible even refers to him as the God of this world. Jesus referred to him as the prince of this world. Satan was the king over mankind before Jesus came. Satan had the right to rule, to dominate, to tyrannize mankind before Jesus came. Now when Jesus came, the reason that's important is because I want you to hear what Jesus preached, the message Jesus preached. You know, most Christians don't know anything about the message that Jesus preached. You could be a perfectly good Christian and know nothing about the message Jesus preached. I like what one pastor in England said. He pointed this out. I'd never noticed this myself, but he pointed this out. He said that if you read the Nicene Creed, you know, those of you who grew up like in the Catholic Church or in the Lutheran Church or any one of these churches where they have sort of a ceremony, uh, for their service, the, the Nicene Creed would be very familiar to you. Because when I went to Catholic church as a kid, we'd go over the Nicene Creed every time we went to church. And it's, I believe in one uh, God Almighty, creator of the heavens and earth, etc., etc., and it goes on and on. And everything in there, those are the basic beliefs of Christianity. But this pastor in England, he pointed this out. He said that, you know, when you read the Nicene Creed, because here's the thing, if you believe the things in the Nicene Creed, you could be a perfectly good Christian in any church in the world. They'd accept you. They'd say, yeah, you believe the right thing. Yeah, you qualify to be a Christian. You believe these things in the Nicene Creed? Yes, you qualify. You'd be a perfectly welcome Christian in any church in the world. But he pointed this out, which I thought was pretty good. He said, you know, in the Nicene Creed, it goes from this. It goes from Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. Jesus was born. And then the very next clause in the Nicene Creed is this. He died on the cross. Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. One clause. Very next clause, he died on the cross. Born of the Virgin Mary, he died on the cross. Do you see what that leaves out? That's what this English pastor was like. Do you see what that leaves out? It leaves out everything that Jesus said. Jesus was a preacher. He was sent 
with a message. He himself said he was sent with a message. But you could be a perfectly good Christian in any Christian church in the world and not believe anything about and not know anything about what Jesus actually said. And so what we saw after I showed you that Satan was the king of this world, we began to focus in on what Jesus said. What was Jesus' message? Jesus showed up proclaiming the good news, the gospel, the fantastic news of the kingdom of God. That was Jesus' main message. The gospel, he announcing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the Bible even gives us a glimpse as to what that message was. In Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, it says this. It says, it says he went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. And if we would understand what Jesus meant by the phrase, the kingdom of God, then that statement, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is here. It's at hand. It's enterable. No more waiting. We don't have to wait anymore for it. We don't have to wait. Or not. No, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. But most Christians don't know what Jesus meant by the kingdom of God. Some think he meant heaven. Some think he meant when he comes back and he establishes a government upon the earth and he takes over, has his army and his police and he's controlling and running everything. That's the kingdom of God. But if we would understand what Jesus meant by the phrase the kingdom of God, then it would become good news. It would become the gospel to us. We'd be excited about that statement. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. So I showed you that Satan was the king of this world and Jesus shows up proclaiming a new kingdom. He says a new kingdom is here. The kingdom of of God is here. And that was his main message. That was what he taught his disciples to preach. That's what his disciples went around preaching. We saw that's what the message that the apostle Paul preached, the good news, the gospel of the kingdom of God. That phrase, the gospel of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, that phrase is at the center and the core of Jesus' ministry. That's what Jesus taught. There's nothing in the Nicene Creed about it. Here Jesus was a preacher. Jesus was a teacher. Jesus was sent with a message. Jesus was sent to announce the good news. And yet we can be a perfectly good Christian in any Christian church in the world and not know anything about the good news that, that Jesus proclaimed and not know anything about what he taught, not know anything about what he preached. Can you see that? Hallelujah. So that was the second thing I showed you, that the core of Jesus' ministry was the kingdom of God and that Jesus' mission here on the earth was to establish the kingdom of God upon the earth, to establish the kingdom of God upon the earth. The third thing I showed you was this, was that I wanted to show it to you from a different point of view. Same message, really, but showing you from a different point of view. I showed you that Jesus, by dying on the cross, by rising from the dead, he became the king of this world. He became the king, the legitimate ruling king, the one who had the right to rule over mankind. He kicked Satan out of his kingship, and he became the king over mankind. We saw this in 1 Corinthians chapter 
15. Let me read that to you because it's so important. And this is in verse 24. This is the Apostle Paul speaking, and he says this, Then cometh the end when he, in other words, Jesus, shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down, in other words, when he shall have conquered all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign, he must reign, he must be the king, he must use his kingly authority till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy which shall be destroyed is death. For he hath, verse 27, for he hath put all things under his feet. In other words, Jesus was the legitimate, rightful king over all things. But we can see from that verse that everybody didn't like that. Everybody wasn't in an agreement with that. Those demon, those spiritual forces which were opposed to God, which used to be reigning over mankind, Satan who used to be the king over mankind, Satan whom the earth used to be his kingdom, he's not okay with getting kicked out of his kingdom. He's not okay with Jesus being the legitimate king over the earth. So he's still resisting Jesus' kingship over the earth. Hallelujah. So Jesus must reign. He's putting all those people, all those spiritual forces, not people, not people, not people, all those spiritual forces, those Satan, his demons, his buddies, his army, he must, he's, Jesus is reigning till he put those un, puts those spiritual forces under God's feet. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So that was the, the third point I wanted you to see was that Jesus, his mission, the reason he came to the earth was to become king over mankind, to take the defeat Satan and take the kingship away from him. And now most Christians kind of, they, they would acknowledge that, but they would say that someday Jesus will start reigning. Someday he'll start reigning. But Jesus is reigning now. He's in the process of reigning now. Hallelujah. And then I showed you the fourth point, which is this, is that Jesus Remember, what's our question here? What's the purpose of Christianity? What did Jesus come to do? And when I first started this, I, I, I expanded on that, and I said this, what's the purpose of the church? What's the purpose of the pastor? What's the purpose of the individual Christian? Most individual Christians, they don't know they have, well, I just come to church and I go home. I pay God an hour a week and he leaves me alone for the rest of the week. That's the way it is. Most Christians don't even understand that they have a purpose, that they have a part to play in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So, what are the points? Satan was the king of this world, but Jesus came announcing a new kingdom, the kingdom of God. He preached saying, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. Then I showed you that same idea from a different way, showing you that Jesus, as a result of dying on the cross and rising from the dead, had conquered Satan. He had become king over this world, and right now he is in the process of reigning, of ruling, of putting down, of conquering all those who are opposed to God's rule, all those who oppose the kingdom of God, those spiritual forces, not men, not people, but those spiritual forces that oppose Jesus' reign. Hallelujah. Then number four, I showed you that Jesus reigns through the church. 
Some people say, well, yeah, Greg, that'd be great if Jesus was reigning, if he was putting down sickness and disease, if he was conquering and defeating poverty and lack, if he was defeating all these evil things that Satan brings upon people, all these things where God's life is not reigning in people's lives. Hallelujah. Oh, that'd be a wonderful thing if he was reigning. Hallelujah. But you can look at the world and you can see he's not reigning, Greg. Jesus ain't reigning. No, he is in the process of reigning, but he reigns through the Christians, the church, his body. And I showed you a whole ton of scriptures about that, showing you that Jesus reigns through his body, the church. And let me show you just one. Turn to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 16, I'm sorry. Matthew chapter 16. And let's look at verse 18. And it says this, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell, I like to put it this way, the gates of hell shall not, Jesus said, Jesus said, Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. They won't win out. They will not be able to defeat. They will not be able to withstand. They will not be able to resist the church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Jesus reigns. He causes his authority to show up here on the earth through the church. So if Jesus ain't reigning, it's because the church ain't reigning. If Jesus is not putting enemies under, under the foot, under foot, under the foot of God, it's because the church is not putting enemies under foot. Can you see that? It's because the church isn't prevailing. Hallelujah. Why ain't the church prevailing, Greg? If Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, because for the most part, the church is just sitting back waiting for God. Why, well, we don't do nothing, Greg. Someday, someday soon, Jesus will return and it'll all be over. And it'll all be, then he'll put the enemies under his feet. Hallelujah. Then what are you going to be prevailing over? The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. When are you going to, when is the church going to start prevailing? After Jesus comes and conquers everything, there won't be any hell to prevail over then. Can you see that? No, we're supposed to be prevailing right now. The gates of hell are supposed to be being conquered by us right now. The church is supposed to find where Satan is reigning in people's lives, where death is reigning in people's lives, and we're supposed to bring life there. And we're supposed to bring life there. You know, I, I started off telling you that Jesus, the focus of his ministry was the kingdom of God. He said the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is here. Or really, literally it should read, the time is fulfilled, the reign of God is here. The reign, God's reign is here. The time is fulfilled. God's reign is here. The time is fulfilled. God's reign is here. Well, what is God's reign? God's reign is wherever Satan is not reigning in people's lives. You know, Satan's reign is, and we, I showed you this from the Bible, Satan's reign is described as the reign of death. Satan is described by, in the Bible, he is called him who has the power of death. 
Hallelujah. The time period before Jesus came, that's called in the Bible the reign of death. When death reigned, when Satan was reigned. In other words, in other words, this is the way I like to think about it. When we were under the rulership of Satan, we were separated from the reign of God. When we were under Satan's power and authority, we were separated from God's power and authority. When we were under Satan's rule, we were separated from the rule of God. Or to put it another way, when we were under the reign of death, we were not under the reign of life. We were separated from the reign of life. And life, life doesn't just mean, you know, going to heaven when you die. But for Jesus, the word life meant, it meant everything good. Turn to John 10, 10 real quick. I just wanted to touch on that one scripture real quick. The Gospel of John chapter 10. We're talking about the purpose of Christianity. This is Becky's favorite scripture. John chapter 10 verse 10. Jesus is speaking here. He says this, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I, Jesus is talking to people here, and he's telling them, I'm come so you could have life, and you could have it abundantly. Well, you know, in the English language, when we think about life, we think about it as you either got it or you don't got it. You don't have more life or less life. You're either alive or you ain't alive. And we call that being dead. You're either alive or dead. But Jesus here, he's speaking differently. He's not talking English. And he says this, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. In other words, have lots of it. Have lots of life. Have Jesus is saying, I came so you could have lots of life. Jesus is saying, the reason I came was so you could have lots of life. Can you see how when we were under the reign of Satan, under the reign of death, the Bible calls it, we were separated from the reign of life. Hallelujah. Now, let me, let me show you something here. You know that in Hebrew, according to the theological word book of the Old Testament, in Hebrew, which is the language I believe Jesus spoke, I'm certain Jesus spoke Hebrew, hallelujah. In the Hebrew language, the language which Jesus spoke according to the theological word book of the Old Testament, not according to Greg, according to the theological word book of the Old Testament, in Hebrew, the word life wasn't just a, a static thing, but it meant a progression. So, for example, if you were sick, you had less life. If you were sick and poor, you had even less life. Can you see that? So you start out with life, you get sick, you have less of it. If at the same time you're sick, you lose your job, you got less life. Hallelujah. But if you start out in life and, and you're healthy, you got more life. And you're prosperous and successful. What? You got even more life. You could say you have abundant life. You got plenty of life. You got lots of life. Hallelujah. Can you see? That's what Jesus is saying here. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You could have lots of life. Jesus came so you could have lots of life. Jesus came so, not so you could have a little bit of life. You know, life sucked out of you by, by poverty, 
by lack, by sickness and disease, by destruction in your family. You know, when bad things happen, when your kids get sick, when you're sick, when you lose your job, when you uh, are short of money, your life ain't that great. You know what I'm saying? But when things are going good for you and you got plenty of money, your kids are all healthy, you're healthy, you got, th you got a good life. Things are good. You got lots of life. Jesus came. He said, he, I came that they might have life. I came. This is what Jesus said. I didn't say that. Jesus said this is the reason he came so that you could have life and have it more abundantly. Can you see how that's exactly the same message as the message of the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is here. God's reign is here. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God. God's reign is here. Hallelujah. Can you see that Jesus, he became king of the earth and now he's putting underfoot all those things that would keep us from experiencing life and life more abundantly the way God intended for us to experience it from the very beginning. Can you see that Jesus, he's reigning until he puts underfoot, he conquers those things that keep us from experiencing life and life more abundantly. Lots of life that keep us from experiencing big life, lots of life, good life. Can you see that? But how does he do that? He does that through the church. Jesus reigns through the church. So we as the church, he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Hallelujah. So we're supposed to go and find where death is reigning in people's lives, where they got little life. The church is supposed to go to where people have little life. Where they're sick, they're diseased, their children are sick and diseased, they're poor, they're doing without, they're in lack. We're supposed to go there and we're supposed to deliver them. We're supposed to rescue them. We're supposed to tell them, how do we do this rescue? By praying for them, by telling them the good news. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. You can be free from poverty. You can be free from sickness and disease. You can be free from destruction in your life. Hallelujah. And when they'll accept that word and they'll act on it in faith, they'll begin to move out of death into life and life more abundantly, that Jesus came, according to Jesus anyway, maybe not according to religion, not according to your church, not according to Sally Sue, not according to your neighbor down the street, but according to Jesus, the reason he came was so you could have a good life. You could have life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. 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 So, Hallelujah. Jesus reigns through the church. Here's another way I like to think about it. Turn to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Jesus reigns through the church. If we aren't reigning, if we're not putting those uh, uh, kingdom of death underfoot, if we're not delivering people from the reign of death, if we're not delivering people from the reign of lack, if lack and sickness and disease and poverty and destruction continue to reign in people's lives, guess what? It's the church is not reigning. The church isn't doing its job. 
We're not putting those enemies underfoot. For the most part, the church is under the foot of the enemies. For the most part, the church has been under the foot of sickness and disease. For the most part, the church has been under the foot of poverty and lack. For the most part, the church has been under the foot of family destruction. They've been reigning over us. But Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail again. We're supposed to be reigning over them. But they've been reigning over us. Why they've been reigning over us? Hallelujah. Because we'd rather have religion than the word of God. Because we'd rather have religion than Jesus' word. Because we'd much rather have our religious traditions than we would the word of God. Hallelujah. And so we teach people when Satan has us by the neck and he's stomping us down and death has us underfoot and death and Satan are reigning over us through poverty and lack and sickness and disease. Along come the religious authorities. Along come the oh-so-smart theologians and tell us it's the will of God. God is perfecting you through this suffering. And so what do we do? Just like stupid little sheeps to the slaughter. Well, I guess God must want me poor. This must be the abundant life Jesus came so I could have. A religion has taught us, no, you don't get anything in this life. But someday, over there, beyond the stormy banks of Jordan, then you'll have something, Greg. Well, you know, that's not what Jesus went around teaching. I know that's what religion teaches. I know that's what philosophy teaches. I know that's what all these great theologians teach. But Jesus never said that. When the sick came to him, he did not say to them, Well, you're suffering now, child. But someday you'll cross over to the other side and all will be well. God is perfect. No, Jesus never said that. When people came to him with sickness and disease, when the blind came to him blind, he wouldn't say to them, well, God gave you this. He would say, this is an enemy. I'm going to put this blindness underfoot. And he would say, see, be healed, blindness, go. And he would conquer that stronghold of the enemy. And he would cause God's reign. He would cause life and life more abundantly to show up in their lives. Praise God. Hallelujah. But religion, tradition, Greek philosophy have robbed us of all the things that Jesus came for us to do. And Satan kicks back and goes, God, those Christians, <laughs> I make them sick. He calls over his number one demon. He says, hey, number one demon. Man, these Christians are something else. I give them cancer and they blame it on God. <laughs> I make them poor and God gets the blame. Are these guys stupid or what? Jesus came so he could have life and have it more. And they think abundant life is poverty and do it without. They think abundant life is sickness and disease. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus came so you could have a good life. Jesus came so you could have a good life. Unfortunately, I'm out of time, but I'm not finished. Come back next week. 
I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Listen, listen. If you're not going to church someplace, you want to grow. You want to be encouraged. You want to be built up. Come on out to Imperial Valley Christian Center. Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. at Southwest High School in El Centro. You want to grow. You want victory in your life. You want to triumph. You want success. You want the good life that God wants you to have. Come on out to Imperial Valley Christian Center. Hear the word of God. Grow in your faith and you'll receive the things that God has provided for you. I hope to see you there. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.